Let's get sweaty. And welcome to the Shemu Dojo Show. I am James Brown, and as ever, I'm here with Matthew Oliver. Matt, firstly, when you think of the word future, where's your head at? Do you picture an advanced society with neon lights and flying cars, or do you think of, say, just next week? At this rate, next week, I think, because um, we're living for the anime, <laughs> not a lot of else, are we? It's, it's cr- that's true. crazy time. That's very true. But yeah, I'm, I'm all right, and it's good. Okay, well, of course, this isn't the future that we want to talk about today. We're going to be discussing Shenmue the Animation, Episode 7, which is entitled Future, which, when you hear this, will already be in the future. And if you are listening to the show from the comfort of your flying car, welcome to the future. <laughs> you, <laughs> you really are quite meta. So, Matt, anyway, let's talk about the past now. So, last week's anime episode, can you give us a quick rundown to bring us back up to oh, speed? Right, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try and condense this down as much as I can because we've got a lot to talk about tonight with um, with episode seven. So, we are now in the Shenmue 2 arc. Hong Kong, um, arguably, well, it is my favourite game of the series and probably the, the, the most story in terms of content for the games. So it opens up with a shot of the boat, with Rio on the boat, and it sort of takes you quickly through a flashback of what's happened previously. So you see, like, stills of a WoW getting killed, Master Chen, Mad Angels, etc. And then it cuts straight off to a scene where you are coming off the boat, Rio's come off the boat, very much like the games, and it pans over to the shop the harbour, which is quite wide and quite big. It looks like it's a real place rather than I think the games do. Which is fine. No issue yeah. with it. Looks quite good, though. Could well be literally, you know, Hong Kong. It could. It could be pretty much a spitting image of it. Has a quick shot of the letter that he was given by Master Chen. And then instantly in the first two minutes, we meet Joy. She speeds at him on her bike. And basically, they have a bit of an argument with Rio going, watch where you're going. She's going, you need to watch where you're going. She notices that his Cantonese quite is quite good and says, oh, you need to be careful in Hong Kong, essentially. It then cuts straight off to Rio walking off looking for the Antin apartments and we get the Wong scene with Rio getting his bag stolen by Sam, Larry and Wong. All quite straightforward, very similar to the games. There's a bit more conversation here in that Sam, Larry and Kulze sort of notice Rio is Japanese. Bag gets nicked, Rio chases after them but loses them. We then have the credits, same old stuff, no problem there. And it then cuts to a new scene where Rio is at the police station reporting his bag being nicked. Doesn't report his father getting killed, but reports getting his bag <laughs> stolen. Well, that Alini-san did, I think. She, Ine she san did, yeah, in fairness. Police. So they basically say, well, pickpocketing happens. There's not a lot you can do about it, but we'll contact you where you're staying. Rio says, well, I don't know yet. Then cuts off to a few scenes of Rio trying out various hotels in Hong Kong with all completely full. And you have a very short scene of Rio walking with Phoenix Mirror and the letter going, well, at least those weren't stolen. He had his money with him, etc. So unlike the games where everything gets nicked, he managed to keep his money, which is quite a nice little touch there. We then go off into another scene at Lotus Park where Rio finds Jianmin practicing his Tai Chi, who invites him to spar. Rio 
spars with him, can't touch him. And Jianmin shows off the iron palm for the first time. They have a very quick conversation around martial arts styles, but Rio sort of has to run off very quickly to go and find the Yantin apartments. And it cuts straight to the next scene where we are in the Yantin apartments. Uh, Rio's looking at the letterboxes to see where uh, Master Li Xiaotao is. He can't find him. Him, it's a, he thinks it's him at this point. But Guixang yeah. turns up calling Rio a land shark and asking what does he want with Li Xiaotao. Rio explains he's not a land shark and he's not a tourist. And do, does does this lady know know the master? She says, yes, go to Manmo Temple. So that's where Rio heads off to. Goes to Manmo Temple. And it's pretty much like an image from like real life. I think it, this leans more towards the real life version than the game version. But it looks great either way. Rio's inside the temple and you see Zhuing. He doesn't know who it is at the time. Praying. They have a quick brief exchange saying, do you know who Master Li Xiaotao is? She says no and wanders off. Han Hui appears going, are you looking for the master? Rio says, yes, here's my letter of introduction. Does that, he says, right, fine. But this isn't enough to get you to meet the master. And rather than talking about the wood at this point, he sort of sends Rio on his merry way. Outside the temple, uh, Rio and Ewing have another conversation where basically Ewing turns around and says to Rio, you're, you're letting everything go on cloud to judgment. You can't see what's right in front of you. Rio sort of goes and mm, takes that on board and then wanders off, touching his plaster. Cuts to a scene here with Rio and Jimin again with the tree and he starts teaching Rio the iron palm. He gets quite frustrated at this because he's not very good at it and he can only make one leaf come down. Very then, while this is going on, Another cut scene with Joy and Wong, and Wong sort of tells Joy that he lifted a bag off of a Japanese tourist that happens to be Rio, and sort of Joy twigs on this quite quickly. Cuts back to the park, and Rio's getting frustrated again with Iron Palm, and decides that you know, he's wasting his time, and Jianming goes, well, this is an instant noodle uh, martial arts here. You know, he's going to take time to learn this, and wanders off. It then cuts to a little flashback of Rio training with his father as a child, and then later on as an adult. And Rio resolves himself to carrying on with the Iron Palm. Cuts to a night scene where we get introduced briefly to the Poison Brothers. Rio has a bit of an argument with them, asking where he can find a place to stay. They want money. He says no. Then Joy turns up and breaks all that up and they, they wander off on their merry way. Joy then helps Rio by saying, well, I know a place you can stay and it's a come over guest house. But before that, it cuts to a little scene about Wong. Gives you a bit of context that he's an orphan, he lives on a boat, and he's doing what he can to survive, essentially. It's a nice little bit of characterization of Wong there. We then cut to the Come Over guest house, which looks very similar to the games. Uh, he gets the same room key, etc., and wanders on up to his room, leans out, thanks Joy, and introduces himself. Then it cuts to a quick scene of Bailu Village of Shenhua looking at the Shenmue tree and saying, you know, it's budding and it looks really, really nice. Cuts to the next day and Rio is in, still trying Iron Palm, but getting better at it. And Jianmin talks to him a little bit about martial arts and saying that you know, they use, shouldn't be used thoughtlessly, you should protect people, etc. And Rio sort of twigs on this and then has a meeting with Joy. He's, and he says, look, I'm looking for Wong. Do you know where he is? And she says, yes. Reluctantly, says yes. She doesn't really want to tell him. And in a previous scene, she said, I'm not telling you where he is. And he says, look, I'm not going to lay a finger on them. And then it cuts over to a very quick scene here at Pigeon Park where Wong is sat watching father and his son sort of play. And Rio pops up behind him and goes Wong. And Wong legs it off so you get the, the chase scene there. You get a little scene where he knocks the lady over, the waitress over, and he manages to catch her, which is exactly the same in the games. 
You then have the fight with Sam, Larry, and Cool Z. But rather than the games where he beats the hell out of them, here he just sort of Tai Chi's them to death, doesn't touch them, and gets his bag back from Wong off of Wong's boat. And you see a little Bonanza Bros um, Easter egg there on Wong's boat, little Koi capsules there. Rio says, don't steal from me again. And Wong sort of acknowledges that, and that's the end of that little bit there. He goes back to Iron Palm, and Rio has mastered this. And you get the first of the wood gone. How long do you think it took him? Is it should we talking like a couple of days? I reckon or? it's a few days looking at this. Yeah. And then Jianmin suggests he goes to meet Master Li Xiaotao. Rio's happy about this. Cuts to a little scene with him and his father training again. And then before you get to Mammo Temple, you get a quick scene of Rio and Joy having a conversation on the street, and you get in this conversation. A little flash of Landy sat in the castle from Niawu, which is awesome. Mm, yeah. And Joy's asking why Rio's in Hong Kong, and he says, I've got to find, yeah, I need to find something out. This is why I'm here, and I'm not going to stop until I do. It then cuts to Mammo Temple again, and the end credits start rolling while this scene's happening. Rio quotes the wood at Hanhui, and behind there, Dewing turns up and is introduced as Master Li Xiaotao. Rio is shocked. And then that is the end of the episode. But you get a very quick scene at the end of this where Sam, Larry, Kuzi and Wong are talking to a figure in the shadows who happens to be Ren. Ooh. Yeah, it makes me think, actually, after you reading that again, I know this was a quality episode, by the way. And oh, I think insane. Absolutely insane. The Shenmue 2 stuff is like, it's going to be amazing, really exciting stuff. But I don't want to talk too much about it because that is the, the basis of this particular episode that we're about to talk about. But the fact that, episode six there in a sense even though he only just arrived in hong kong the whole episode was still kind of just about him learning that first we do want it it was very cleverly put together it set everything up really quickly but still focused on the woo they got the pacing right between the shenmue yeah. stuff and getting the story moving I, I, I for me I, even after watching episode seven it's the best episode of the bunch at this yeah. point by far yeah because at the time it felt like it was a night running at 90 miles an hour throughout the whole of that episode but when you you actually take a step back and think about it it was like the main progression on that episode was learning gone mm. that wood and um i don't know if you if you mentioned it just but we had that flashback of of joy as a child as well which yes we I, mi- I did miss that since. yes so that's interesting whether or not that was a one-off thing or they're going to bring that up again later I'm not not too sure on that one But let's jump straight into episode seven, Future. So here's the synopsis. Ryo coincidentally meets Li Xiao Tao, the person he was looking for. Li Xiao, being a master of martial arts, easily defeats Ryo and tells him to go home. Thinking he lost because he does not have enough strength, Ryo goes around Hong Kong to find a martial artist. He soon meets Zhong Quan. Zhong Quan. Is that how we pronounce that? Yeah. Though it sounds like Jean-Claude. (laughs) He soon meets Zhong Quan by a street performer, but soon gets involved with Hong Kong's underground organisation, the Yellowheads, which uh, already is interesting that they were already talking about the Yellowheads, actually. It's early, isn't it? But as we go through the episode, I think it starts to make sense. Yeah, and in fact, the thugs in Hong Kong are actually Yellowheads anyway. It just didn't really suggest that they were in the game. That, that I remember anyway, not until Kowloon. They are indeed, and um, on stream, and I'll put this on the, on the screen for everybody when I do the video. Yes. Uh, yes Joe, yes, Joe yes. Kitchen put together a really nice quick image for us to show the comparison of the anime Yellowheads to the game ones, and it's 
one-to-one it's absolutely spot on like they don't have to do this stuff but they do every time they excel in this sort of little minute details that mean a lot for us but for like a standard fan neither here nor there but for us it it just makes all the difference doesn't it but it's insane to me because obviously i'm a hardcore fan and even i didn't recognize some of these characters as they were happening in the anime and then seeing joe kitchen put the the actual 3d models of the characters in the exact same positions he's like gone in and tweaked the files so that they, they spawn all in a row like that like in the anime episode that we'll talk about in a moment but just seeing it like that seeing the attention to detail like that these characters there that i didn't even recognize that are obviously from shamu too which um it's is, mental is pretty crazy. it's absolutely mental they've they've gone and put this attention to detail and they don't have to let's be honest they don't have to but they are and i just think it speaks volumes of the quality that we're getting here it's spot on absolutely love it so this particular episode matt how did you find it i really enjoyed it i thought in terms of shenmue it was probably the most shenmue episode we've had to date in terms of the way it paced itself in terms of the way it characterized things in terms of the way I think it presented itself. It was very Shenmue. There was lots of investigation. There was lots of talking to people and getting to know things and why things were happening. And I just thought it fitted really well. But they also added in some characterization for people like Ren, people like Joy, got some bits around Zhuing as well. Zongkwang, for example, got a bit more. All that stuff just, just fitted really well. It's not my favorite episode of the bunch at all. But I think it's the most Shenmue, and I think that speaks volumes, actually, in terms of the way they've put this episode together. Good episode, loved it. Definitely agree with all that. I, th- I think, like we were saying, is you've had the six episodes now, the non-Shenmue fan, who's just been introduced to Shenmue through the anime, they've invested themselves through six episodes. I think at this point, it was a nice point to have a, a more slowed-down, relaxed episode. And a lot of, I want to say, fan service for, for the Shemu fans, just because of like the characters that they introduced, we'll get into in a, in a moment, but mainly how much they focused on Zhang Quan, the street performer, and the, the narrative of the episode kind of revolved around that side quest. It's, it's literally just a side quest in the actual Shemu 2 game, but I think they did such a great job of fleshing that out and all the other characters and... Um, We'll talk about it in a moment, of course. But before we get into the nitty gritty of the episode, have a quick break and we're going to play a nice piece of fitting music. Here it is from Shemu 1 and 2's sound collection. It's called Seeking the Four Voodoo.
Welcome back. That was Seeking the Four Voodoo from Shemu 2's OST, Shemu 1 and 2 Sound Collection, Spotify, Apple Music, if you want to search that one out. So, episode 7, Future, it opens inside Mamo Temple, kind of like it, it's left off from where the last episode ended, albeit without the, the Ren scene, because that was kind of just tacked on the end there as a bit of a, a tease. But obviously, last we saw in episode 6, Rio was speaking to Shuing in the temple, and it looks like it's carried on from that. So, we see all the characters standing in the temple there, and Rio is surprised that Shuing is, of course, Master Li Xiaotao. Shuing challenges Rio's assumption, mimicking him. Is the woman really Li Xiaotao? Where's the proof? I would never lose in a fight against her. So some of the things that Rio was saying about her last week, because obviously he was surprised that he thought it was going to be a man and it turned out to be mm. this uh, very strong-looking lady there. So the camera behind then zooms in on Shuing's eyes. Rio denies her assumption and says that he doesn't fight women. Han Hui asks what else could convince him that Shuing is Li Xiaotao. So he still doesn't quite believe what he's seen, I guess, and asks Rio to spar with her. So Rio starts attacking, but lands no hits. And you've kind of got that sort of Shenmue 2-esque Xbox, you know, the motion blur mm. that was like, I don't know if they thought that was like a graphically amazing feature of the game, um, but you've got that sort of motion blur where it looks like she's got 50 arms Yeah, it looks- as she's flying around him. Yeah, yeah it looks really good, um, though does look really good in the anime as well. I like that blue effect. And of course, Rio attempts the swallow dive, but Shuing parries with ease, twisting his arm and threatening him with a pressure point near the neck. Kind of thing that... I think this was the preview that we were talking about last episode anyway, but yeah, Mm. it's that same sort of scene from the game where she's got her fingers behind his ear kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, pressure point right behind the ear. So she could have killed him. And Shuing releases Rio, tells him to return to his country, adamant that she cannot offer him any help. She leaves Hanhui and Rio in the temple. Then we get the opening titles, and after that, we're seeing Mamo Temple out in the front yard. And this was a cool moment, actually. You hear like this sort of like very anime girl yeah. sort of voice, and I, I instantly knew it was going to be Fang Mei. Yeah. She says, Your skills just aren't up to the challenge. And, of course, it's Fang Mei appearing with her broom, finishes with a wink, and that no one can beat Master Shuing. Rio blinks, then Han Hui comes out, berating Fang Mei for meddling and telling her to get back to work. Fang Mei agrees and says see you around, to which Rio replies that he thinks he won't be back. Fang Mei says that he will, and, and winks again. <laughs> so we've got that kind of... So, they, they've just introduced her, yeah, but it, it's very much Fang Mei, into Yeah, it? and it's very anime. She's got, but She's very bubbly, isn't she, here? I think... In the games, obviously, you get introduced to her by her sort of waking Rio up. But actually, I think mm-hmm. this context works for the, for the medium they've used here. And she's very bubbly. She's a very typical anime character in the in Shenmue 2 anyhow. So I think she just translates very well in that sort of light relief, but also quite serious role. I think she'll fill that really nicely. Yeah, and obviously in the game, she's very affectionate towards Rio, and she? She ends mm. up, you know, announcing a love for him at some point, but... I'm not sure if we'll get that in the anime. I feel like they might tone that down a little bit. Yeah. But maybe not because, you know, we're seeing Joey's got the hearts for him and obviously Nozomi had. <laughs> so he, he gets the women if he, he wanted to anyway. Wow, well, yeah, he's just not very good at it, is he? No. So Hanhoi asks Rio what it was like sparring with Mr. Master Tao. 
and Rhea responds that he felt like an open book. What do you reckon he means there? I think it's because she was reading his moves. Like um, she could tell what he was going to do and was you know dodging it you know, every time. Nowhere near. He couldn't touch her. So I think she could read his kung. Is reading his kung fu, isn't it? Reading the opposition's move and then counteracting that and having that presence of mind to do that. Obviously, Rio doesn't at this point, but she's obviously mm-hmm. a highly trained martial artist. You can quite quite easily take him down. I think the first time where Rio's actually been sort of faced up with somebody who is legitimately stronger than him, like by a distance. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, because like Chai wasn't really. No. And he didn't really try and fight Landy as such. So, yeah, it probably is the first time that he's actually... What what was he like with Jamin last week? Did he? I mean, he couldn't hit Jamin, but it was a spar, and I don't know how Rio took that. I think Rio and had a bit, maybe a bit more respect for Jianmin because he was a man. I don't I don't know. I'm just reading between the lines here, but I think here this is like certainly Rio's first realization of quite how far behind he is. Mm, interesting. So Han Hui berates him for judging Master Tao by her appearance and that Rio had doubted her strength and wondered how come a woman like that could be a master. Han Hui asks if he is wrong and Rio just clenches his fist. Han Hui asks if Rio said that he came to seek Master's help in finding Wanda Zhu, which Rio confirms but says he does not know what to do now. He's a bit stuck now. Mm. So Han Hui tells him to go to the Guang Martial Arts School, which perked my ears up because then I kind of knew where they were going with this. Rio asks what for, and Han Hui tells him that there are four voodoo we must achieve and that the first step should be learning what they are. So obviously he already knows one of them. Yeah. Gone, Gone last week, right? Yeah. But Rio does ask for voodoo, which Han Hui confirms, asking if he ever considered that the shortest route to what he seeks isn't a straight line. Very different, isn't it? Yeah, which I was trying to think, like, what what does he mean in the, the greater context there? Like, he needs to go down here to do something else? Like, he, yeah. it's not just a straight thing. It's like he needs to do something to achieve something else kind of thing. Yeah, I think so, because I think Rio's very much been very headstrong. Go one direction, that's it. Whereas I don't think he's appreciated everything else around him. And in order to get to his destination, he's going to have to learn things he doesn't know. So I think that's what Han Hui is sort of saying to him. You're going to have to go left, right, up, down, and do all these bits and pieces to get where you need to be. Um, And if you don't do it, you're not going to get there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes sense. So in a flashback, Rio sees himself talking to Shuing wearing the red dress outside of Mamo Temple earlier, where she is berating him for being so consumed by his desire to see what stands before him, that the more he searches, the more he loses sight of what matters. So that those sort of words are probably running through his head. Hanhui says that with time, the master might change her mind. And Rio says that he will try as Hanhui turns his back on him, walking back into the temple. Rio asks why he's helping him, which Hanhui turns around and basically says it's not for your sake before heading in. Uh, not for your sake. I wonder what he means there as well. Yeah, Is that like. I thought that was a weird line, actually. Mm. Like, why else is he helping him? Unless he's doing it because it's almost like part of Zhuing's teachings and he understands what, what she's going for. So he's sort of doing it because that's what she wants. I don't know. Or is he Master Chen stuff? Possibly, maybe? yeah, because he knows who Master Chen is. He's like, well, I'm doing it as a favour sort of thing. Um, but mm. I do think it was weird. Like, Maybe they give some context on it in the ne- next episode, possibly, because they don't in this one. So we move on to the Guang uh, Martial Arts School. Uh, before this, you see sort of a load of neon lights for food and restaurants and the camera panning down towards the street with people walking. Love that shot. Um, on all, yes, all the neon cool. signage, etc. It's very 
feels very Hong Kong-esque, you know, that sort of tight-knit feel of, of a big city. It feels really cool. You then see the entrance to the martial arts school with Rio reading the name out loud. You see the students dressed in the yellow monk attire um, sinking in their, uh, in their martial arts practice, which is, again, what they do in the games. And he's stopped by two guards who draw their swords down in front of him in, a, in an X fashion. Again, exactly like the games do. Um, spot yeah, him. although this seemed a bit more brutal, didn't it? Like if yeah. he just carried on walking, he would have got his head chopped off. Yeah, I think he may have got a hair, <laughs> certainly got a haircut out of it because they were pretty like warmth in your face. What do you Shrunk. want? Yeah, Rio sort of stutters, and the, and the master at the front of the building says that he's the guest; he can come in. And Rio is let in, and then we see like the altar with flowers, three scrolls on the wall, and Master introduce himself as Zhu Zhang Zhuan. I'm going to say Master Zhuang; it's easier. Is it Zhao Shan? Zhao Shan. Yeah. Master Zhao Zhao Shang doesn't help that yep. I've got a horrendous throat at the moment, <laughs> uh, and he's the master of the martial arts school. Rio bows for him and introduces himself, says he's from Japan, and Zhuan asks what business does he have in a visitor from Japan. Rio says he wants to learn the wood or wudu, mm-hmm. or wuda if you're listening to the English, <laughs> depending on three versions, take, take your pick, take your pick. He looks, uh, the master looks quite surprised and, and Rio says he needs, to under, he needs this to understand the teachings of Master Li Xiaotao. Uh, we see a sort of close-up of Rio's eyes and Zhao Shan says he understands. Walking to the entrance past Rio, and the shot was lovely with like the red on the wall from the lighting. It was really cool here. Um, and he says he's not worthy to speak of the wood or wudu or whatever. And Rio asks why. And looking up to the sky, he says he wants to ruin a man's life. That's Master Zhao Shan. And mm. the scene sort of fades off to black. So we're getting that initial point of the, the homeless guy, Zhong Huang, and how that's sort of coming together. I loved as well that they showed the interior yeah. of the martial arts school because obviously normally he's, he's sat on his little chair outside and you don't, uh, you don't see it. You don't actually see past this point, so it's nice to get a bit of context. And there was something else that was happening. It might be oh no no that comes later. Sorry, when we see him a bit young, I was thinking. Uh, yes, uh, yes. I was thinking of something else a, at that point. That's a cool scene when we get to it. So we get to Aberdeen, um, and it's like a quick shot of a traffic jam, cars, pollution, all of that. Joy's riding her motorbike, and Rio is on the sidewalk thanking a guy having asked him about something he couldn't answer. Uh, Roy comes, uh, Roy, Joy Roy. comes across, <laughs> and I'm losing, lose Roy Hazuki. Yeah, remember him? <laughs> um, Joy comes across and says that his Cantonese is improving. Rio greets her with a funny seeing you again, to which she responds that Hong Kong is a small world, asking if he's still on the hunt for something. Rio asks if she knows any skilled martial artists, which I found a little bit ironic here because given the trailer we get for episode eight, it's almost implied she might know who Eileen is. But anyway, it's a side point, just something that's which we'll get to later came yeah. into my point um, coming later yeah. anyway. It's also interesting, actually, thinking about it, that, I mean, this is kind of a coincidence at this point, isn't it? Because Zhang Shan's just told him about some dude that he failed whatever yeah. yeah yeah but it doesn't actually tell him it's on Quan, and he doesn't tell him where to go or where he is because obviously he doesn't know but he doesn't say his name at all so coincidence wise this is quite i won't I, well not unbelievable but i mean like that joy in a moment is going to send rio to that person mm. which i mean in, in the game i'm trying to think what happens in the game so in the- he says he's a street 
I think he does say he's a street performer, right? Yeah, in the game he says he's a street performer. He's at the golden uh, golden shop. Well, then the it might it might just be that he's a street performer, and then Rio starts asking, "Do you know where I can find a street it's, performer?" It, maybe I think he does. When he, I think that becomes a, a a conversation tree, but I do think if you push the conversation with you, uh, with the, the the schoolmaster, he does tell you, and then you end right. up at the the, the um, shopping centre. But here, sort of including Joy in this makes sense. It fits her character. She's obviously trying to help Rio. A bit more characterization. Yeah. She's very willing to help him. I think probably, and Rio's more willing to accept it than the games. Do you think they're trying to make the Joy to be the like the Nozomi of Hong Kong? But like, obviously, she's not on the same sort of persona as Nozomi, who's like the sweet, innocent girl. Like Joy's obviously a bit more reckless and stuff, but. She keeps popping up to, to lend a hand yeah. like she did in the anime. Yeah, I, I'd, I would agree with that. I think you are going down that Nozomi route just with, uh, I think she's a slightly stronger character, a bit more headstrong Nozomi, certainly in both anime and game, in, in, in fairness. But I think it works. And Ryo being a bit more receptive is, is par for his character in the anime. In the games, he's quite standoffish. I don't need your help and is a bit rude. But here he, he's not. So... Joy sort of talks about saying that martial arts aren't really really her thing, asking Rio if she wants to hang out and she can show him around. Rio declines. Uh, Joy gets a bit miffed, so well done, Rio. Sticking to your character there, mate. And um, they seem to remember that she's heard of a street performer at the Golden Shopping Mall that had taken some thugs out if they were yesterday's garbage. So Rio sort of piqued his interest here at this point. This is adding a bit of context now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what happens later, right? Where yes. it's that is actually performance but everyone thinks that he's having a real fight or something. Well, they're all yellowheads, I'm pretty sure, in that shot. We'll, uh, again, I'll pull this up because Joe Kitchen did, did a shot for us on this one. But it's sort of starting to put in the the idea that this person is a, is a trained martial artist who can obviously handle himself. So we see the Golden Shopping Mall uh, from the front. It looks quite similar to the games, actually. Um, yep. Lots of cars, people, etc. around. Go through the foyer, the door's open. Um, all the shops are open, unlike the game. But actually, um, everything's pretty much one-to-one in the way it looks. Um, all the banners are in the right place. All the shops look pretty much correct. And then the camera sort of zooms into Rio, and he's wondering about street performers. We then see this very shabbily dressed man lying with his back towards the hall uh, on a bamboo mat. Rio heads towards him. Same shot as in the games. Really cool, again. Uh, Rio makes it disturb him, and the man asks if he's with the Yellowheads. Rio's confused because he doesn't know who they are, and says, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm from Japan, basically." And the man asks, if "Forget about it." Turns to face him, and he says, "Well, I'd like a beer at whatever time in the morning this is." <laughs> yeah. And this is funny. The cat, the man, opens a, a legitimate can of San Miguel. I think it said son. But yeah, it's I San Miguel, like it was, isn't it? it? The branding's yeah. the same. It's all the branding's the same. The and I, I, I couldn't tell if it was like Sun Miguel or the yeah, change Miguel as well, maybe. He, apps, he just necks it, spills it all over his beard, exclaims there's nothing like the first drink of the morning. Rio is not impressed by this. The man says it's time to start, and Rio asks what for, and he, go, and he giggles and goes, ah, you'll see. Shouts to the crowd, asks people to come closer. But Rio is a karate expert from Japan, all shatter the rock that he's holding up. As we know this from the games, this is part of the part of their introduction. He asks people to be generous if the rock cracks, assuring them that it will. Uh, Rio sees heavens are hesitant, but the man says he's got him, which is interesting. So what would have happened had Rio not? How would they have mm. around that? Because uh, in the game, you've you got to time it twice. You've got to time the power and then the timing on it. 
so you can mess yeah. it up. The crowd's watching. Rhea holds the rock, seems really focused, raises the other hand and cracks it on the first try. And the crowd sort of go, ooh, ah. And then, like, the man looks quite surprised. Zonkun looks really surprised by this. Um, they get loads of money in the bowl. Um, and and the, the man sort of asks, well, why don't you tell me you, you do karate? In the games, he turns around and says, I didn't think you'd be that good. But he could tell Rio knew martial arts, knew karate from the way he moved. I thought that's a very interesting change here. Yeah, um, again, yeah, it works. There's no no real bearing on the story. I just thought it was an interesting change at this point. Uh, he introduced himself to Zong Kwan, uh, saying that him and Rio can make a killing together with a hand on his shoulder. Rio sort of introduces himself, says he's not here to perform, but to find a martial artist who can teach him about the wood. Zong Kwan gets a look in his eyes, sort of shrugging it off, seeming annoyed that the kid wants wood. Rio asks him, does he know about it? And Zong Kwan says he's not worthy to speak of it and tells Rio to go elsewhere, very similar to his master. And Rio brings this up to say, you know, the master at the Guang school said that he's not qualified either. And Zong Kwan sort of seems surprised by this. He goes, well, do you know the honourable master? Rio questions the use of honourable. Again, he's shrugged off, um, gives him a cut with his money and legs it. Uh, and we see Zong Kwan walking away with Rio sort of eyeing his back. This scene... They've got some added context to it in terms of the conversation that goes on. But broadly speaking, it's very much one-to-one with Shenmue 2 and the way it's presented, the rock, the crowd, the way Rio approaches him. It's all very, very similar um, to the games. They've just put some added context in here, which I think is, is a theme for the whole episode here. It's very much the game, but with a lot more stuff in it that fills it up and gives you more characterization that I don't think the game can give you. And I like it. I really like it. Yeah, I agree. Because I think in the game at this point, he hands him the letter. He does. Already, yes, he? So yes, he does. We're not quite there yet. No. So we're back on the Hong Kong streets. We see streets and alleys in Hong Kong and Joy riding a bike. Suddenly, a knife's thrown into the street in front of her and she stops her bike, stating that that isn't the most friendly way to ask someone out on a date. Of course, it's Ren. Ren's knife, if you're familiar with how Ren's knife looks. And he says that no guy in Aberdeen would even think of hitting on Joy. Joy laughs but harsh. Ren says that Wong has told him everything, that she is helping some Japanese dude. Joy says that she's free to do as she wants. Moving her bike, Ren stops it with his hand, asking her to wait to tell him about Rio. Joy then has a flashback where she sees Rio walking off, stating that he can't abide with the law of the land until he has accomplished his goal. And that's what he's come to Hong Kong to do. Joy kind of smiles whilst remembering the, fl- the flashback and tells Ren to go find him himself if he's so interested to do so. Ren then asks where he can find him, him being Rio, and Joy says that he's looking for martial artists and that she has told him about the Golden Shopping Mall. Ren repeats the name of the mall, crunching his eyebrows. So again, we're getting a slight different context on Ren. The introduction here, obviously, this doesn't happen in the game. But seemingly, it seems like Ren's on the hunt for Rio, whereas mm. in the game, obviously, it's Rio on the hunt for Ren. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go about having that moment of Rio and Ren actually meeting and talking to each other. Yeah, very much so. Because in the game, you, you just touched on this point, it's very much Rio hunting him down and Ren trying to be all elusive and doesn't really want anything to do with him at the start. Mm. And the fact that Ren is interested in Rio here begs the question of how they're going to meet, where they're going to meet, um, what bits are going to be in, what bits are going to be cut. I like seeing more of Ren. I think sort of seeing him hunting around for Rio gives him a bit more purpose. Yeah. Whereas in the games, I think his real his only real purpose is money at that point. 
But he seems oh, yeah. intrigued, doesn't he, here? Yeah, like in the game, the obviously the meeting between Rio and Ren is that $500 handover. It is. And, you know, that, that's why it is. Like, like you say, Rip Ren's so elusive that you've got to pay to see him. And then obviously that turns out to be a scam, but that's Ren's character, isn't it? Like a, this scamming and extorting mm. money and stuff like that and making thing. But if he's hunting Rio, guess it could skip that. I don't know. Or... It could. It could. I, I, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to play this. But anyway, we're back at the entry of the school again, the Guang Martial Arts School. And Zhang, what's his name? Zhou Shan, that's it. Zhou Shan seemed surprised that Zhang Quan had said that he doesn't think he's worthy of speaking about the wood. But Rio confirms this and says that Zhang Quan had titled Zhao Shan the Honourable Master. So he actually used the word honourable. He still. did, yes. So Zhao Shan looks sad, but Rio asks if Zhang Quan is whom the master had referred to earlier. He says that he's a former disciple that he actually banished. He then tells the story of Zhang Quan and how when he was young, he was the most promising martial artist with a one of a thousand talent. We then see some images flash up on the screen of a young Zhang Quan fighting, smiling. He begun to misuse martial arts to attract attention to himself. So this, again, nice little contextual piece there. It's actually showing Zhang Quan, you know, there's just a side character in the game. We've seen him as a young man, seeing that how he he kind of betrayed his master in a sense, like mm. he got a bit too cocky, I guess, and full of himself. And the master says that Zhang Quan even now makes a spectacle of his art by being a street performer. He blames himself entirely for that Zhang Quan lost his way, asking how can he who failed his own student talk of the wood? So again, it's like very much like the game. He doesn't necessarily give Ryo the wood and you know the meaning behind it because he feels like because he's he hasn't got that wood himself because he mm. did this to this this other guy you know that's it's kind of rio's task to put things right in a sense isn't it yeah well, rio sort of takes it upon himself doesn't he to to try and work this out as, as we find out so it cuts back to the golden shopping mall and then again we see the front of the mall inside the banners Rio's calling for Jean Quan next to the table and Matt from before, but now it's arranged neatly with a large purple sack next to them. And so Rio notes that he's actually gone, perhaps. But then a voice calls, hey, you, turning around. Rio sees a group of big, burly men facing him, the leader asking if he is friends with Jean Quan. So these are these yellow heads that we've you know, been flashing the image up a couple of times mm. there that Joe Kitchen managed to get for us. Bit of context behind who these people are anyway in the game. And then Rio asks who wants to know, and the leader grabs Rio by the jacket and tells him to answer. Rio says he's just there for Jean Quan and not to waste his time with low lives. One of the thugs acts impressed, saying that it's hard to believe there's still dumbasses left who opposes yellowheads. And then that, that triggers Rio there because he hears the word yellowheads. Before another thug says to beat him up, he's given the option to pay Jean Quan protection fee to be let off easy. Rio refuses and the leader says that this should be fun. So the thugs get ready to fight, one taking out a baton. And Rio fights them off, landing the iron palm right into the chest of one of them, which was a bit mental, wasn't it? That was a Absolutely hard destroyed bump. this guy, didn't he? <laughs> Probably burst his heart or something. Probably. It was in right in the solar plexus, and that yeah. hurts. If you get hit there hard, it, it, it will just take you down. It hurts like hell. Which, 
Uh, at this point, it shoots to the bathroom signs of the mall where we see that Jean Quan probably just went for a wee <laughs> All of this was happening. He exclaims, whoop, now that's better. Then he hears the commotion and joins the crowd that is gathered to watch the fight. He asks what's happened, and one of the onlookers says that there was some idiot pissing off the Yellowheads. Seeing Rio fighting, Jean Quan's eyes widen. So he grabs Rio's hand, purple bag over his shoulder, telling him it's time to scram. The Yellowheads recognize Jean Quan. John Quan leads Rio away and then easily defends himself against the attacks from the thugs using the purple bag to hit them. And Rio is impressed by this. We see the two of them running away, running down an alley in the street. And as Rio is running down the street, there's a freeze frame, which is a really, really cool shot, yeah. just as he passes Ren. So Ren was obviously walking towards the Golden Quarter, the, the shopping yeah, mall, where Joey's just told him that he's going to be, kind of thing. And obviously Rio's running away from that. And just as they pass, it like freezes time, and it it, it looks really cool. But neither yeah. of them actually notice each other no, because neither of them shot. know who any of them is at the moment. Absolute great shot. Love the shot of this. Um, very cleverly done. So we then cut back to Mammo Temple. Uh, we see the back temple yard outside the library with the tree. Uh, the library's closed, and Jiring is in her blue dress, and she's sitting on a bench in front of the library reading something. The camera's on her. We see a flashback to a pair of legs and trousers. And further at the back of this flashback is a small girl with pigtails. Um, we're assuming at this point, it's a pretty safe bet, that that's Zhuing as the little girl and Ziming, who's her brother. Um, spoiler alert if you have you know, picked us up for the anime feed or whatever, and you don't know who yeah. these are yet. Yeah. Sorry, we've just spoiled do. this one. So yeah, it's Ziming. Uh, Fang Mei calls out uh, for Zhuing, saying that she's been looking for her. And Fang Mei tells her that she's cleaned the worship hall. And after being thanked, Zhuing says, can you do her room? Fang Mei says that she's already done that, as she had a feeling it would need cleaning. And Zhuing looked quite surprised by this. Again, it's a very short scene. There's a nice little bit of context with their relationship, because you don't see much of it in the games. Again, you have a little bit in the comic where um, Fang Mei is watching uh, Zhuing train. Yeah. But you don't see a lot else. So having this little bit of context of their relationship is is really cool. And it's in, as I said, it's in keeping with the episode of just giving these characters a little bit more, a little bit more background, a little bit more reasons to why they're there and how they're going to influence the story. So I, it's perfect. Again, it's very Shenmue, actually, to have a scene like that. Mm-hmm. In the game, Shuing's always quite stern, isn't she, and keeps herself to herself. And Yeah, she does. You know, it's, it's nice that you are getting this interaction between her and Fang Mei. Like you say, it kind of fleshes their, them out a little bit. It does. So it's a great little sort of point here. Cuts back to the golden shopping mall. We see the front of the mall again, and there's a siren in the background, and a guy's explaining about the fight between the Yellowheads and Rio and saying that one of them, one of the people involved with foreign. The officer asks if you saw anything else, and there's a little camera shot to the side showing Ren eavesdropping. But the guy saw nothing else, and Ren sort of huffs and then goes and leaves. So again, it's again Ren and Rio just missing each other. Nice little scene to, to add the context to that. It then cuts to Aberdeen. It looks like I think it's Pigeon Park, and you've got Zong Kwang and Rio on the bench. And Zong Kwang says he has a. They had a bit of a close call, and Rio asks who these these lowlifes were, and he says they were the Yellowheads. Rio's a bit confused. He obviously doesn't know who the Yellowheads are at this point, but he's setting the scene for the Yellowheads coming in, and introducing them as a threat through the, the Hong Kong underworld. Now it makes sense to do that. In the games, they're not explicitly mentioned until you really hit Kowloon. But they are there, 
as this, as um they are the White Dynasty Lucky Charm um QTE sequence, for example, they're all yeah. yellow heads, and you see Yuan there, but it's not explicitly mentioned. Whereas here it is, so they're setting that up early, and it, it's great, and I like it, and it makes sense. Yeah, me looking too. out looking out towards the harbour and the Hong Kong skyline, you have got the fountain front. Uh, as Hong Kong explains, that they're a gang that control the Hong Kong underworld, and he's made it so far without paying them protection money, so they keep harassing him, and he obviously keeps getting away. Rhea says he didn't. They didn't seem that tough. Asking why they ran, and Zong Kong looks in sideways and said he doesn't like the hassle. Basically, <laughs> he probably could have overtook them all on easy like. Just, like destroyed them really comfortably, and it wouldn't have been a problem. Zong Kong asked Rhea why he came, and he said that the master at uh, the Guang Martial Arts School had said they told him about his past, and that Zong Kong seems that certain the master told Rhea about what a failure he is. But Rio actually says no, he blames himself for what happened to Zong Kong, although he doesn't seem convinced by this at this point. Zong Kong gets up and says, right, get to work, cracks his knuckles, and opening the purple bag, we see loads of green covered books. And Zong Kong starts shouting his fares, drawing people in, and the scene fades as Rio watches him. We then go to come over guest house, and the proprietor there is reading the paper, as he always is, he's never not. Ask Rio asking for the keys to room 203. The guy gets up sighing and the keys slides across the desk. And the owner seems annoyed and asks Rio how long he's planned to stay. And that just because he's Joy's friend doesn't mean everything's free. And he start paying from tomorrow. And the screen sort of splits between the two as Rio agrees. Rio, there's a scene there where he sits on his bed, uh, looking through his empty wallet, sighing heavily, which is <laughs> weird because I thought he had money. Yeah, he, well, he kept it on him when the bag got nicked. He may not have had much, but he may anyway. not have had much. And is this? I don't know. Maybe it's just alluded to him that he just spent it all on this guest house. I don't know. He may have just blown the lot. It must be a very expensive um, tab. Um, <laughs> tab, yeah. And then there's this, there's like a knot of a stone at the window, and Rio opens it to see that Joy is on the street beneath him, asking him out for a meal. Which, believe it or not, he actually agrees to. I know. Rio agreed <laughs> to go out with a lady. Yeah. Let's cancel this anime now. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, like I say, we're back on the Hong Kong streets now. We've seen several signs, neon, ornery signs for restaurants, etc. And there's a street full of small food stands. Joy asks Rio if he found the street performer. Rio confirms that he did and he meant to thank her. But Joy just brushes it off with a wink and asks if there has been anyone else come to see recently. So obviously she's wondering if Ren has, has met up with him yet. So Rio says that he had a run-in with the Yellowheads, which then Joya has a reaction, looking worried. When Rio asks what's wrong, she responds with nothing, looking thoughtful. Turning it back on Rio, she teases him for attracting all sorts of people, terrible at hiding the fact you're extraordinary. Rio asks if that's a compliment or insult, and she says both, and that Knuckleheads in Hong Kong can't seem to ignore him, which is true. <laughs> very true always gets himself into trouble then she points out that a real tough cat doesn't show his claws out in the open which is kind of like the fifth voodoo I suppose <laughs> for what happens in a bin yeah it, it fits doesn't it it's an yeah. interesting analogy and obviously, again it fits they're trying to give Joy a bit more of a role aren't they yeah yeah definitely he then has a flashback to when Zhao Shan told mm-hmm. him about Zhong Quan make uh, easy martial arts to attract attention to himself then from the fight at the Golden Shopping Mall, where Zhong Quan sidestepped the thugs. Then from the bench, where Zhong Quan says he doesn't like castles. Then from 
Zhao Shan accusing Zhang Shun of still making a spectacle of his art as a street performer, while images of Zhang Quan, Zhang Quan selling his books show in the background. A lot of um, Zhongs and Zhao's and stuff in that Doing well, little exchange. Fair, it's hard to switch between them as a uh, basic English speaker. <laughs> so Rio bolts right up, I get it, and throws some coins onto the table, to which he apologises <laughs> and runs off. Good man. Joey calls out to him, then laughs a little bit, repeating Ren's words from earlier that guys in Hong Kong really don't think of it in on air. I think she's a bit taken aback, actually, that she's got everything on show, I suppose, and no one's interested. Yeah, and Rio, she's like, yes, I've got it, and just completely <laughs> bails on her in... Rio Hazuki fashion. If you if you're ever going on dating, guys, do not do not do a Rio Hazuki. But he is like legendary in his ability to somehow attract all the women and yet get nowhere with them. Have no idea how he does it. Although <laughs> running off on a date, or I say a date. Joy probably thought it was a date. Rio was like, "I'm hungry. I need some food." You know what he's like. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he bails off. But it's really funny, and I just think that dynamic between Rio and Joy is quite funny. It's almost comical. I like it though. It's really, I think it fits Rio's character in the anime more than, mm-hmm. than the game version, who's a bit more cold with her. I love it. It's good. This characterization that they're putting in here is is all really cool and it all fits and it all tends to mesh together really well because it makes these characters feel important in the story. They, they have purpose and you're invested in them. And that's the big thing here that you are invested in these characters and what they're doing. What we're saying about Nozomi and Joy kind of like filling that role in each of these mm. countries or cities or whatever, it's, again, you're having this meal with Joy. Obviously, in the was it the second episode, you had the meal with, might have been the first episode, actually, with Nozomi having the ramen. So I don't, I'm not comparing them to the same sort of, the re, just repeating what has happened prior but i'm just mean like they've got this similar sort of character traits that you know rio's attracted to yeah Mm. if you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i know what you mean okay so we're back in the golden shopping mall we see the front side of the mall again this time it's completely nightfall and the building's lit up a bunch of thugs calling out to jong kwan who's lying on the floor again the leader says he's there to pick up the payment for the guys who got beaten up earlier Zhang Quan turns barely around on his mat, saying that you get paid by the results in this biz. We see the stone on the floor. Is that the rock that yeah, he smashes? Yeah, yep. it's the rock, yeah. Okay, Zhang Quan turns around on his back, then jumps up with ease, stating that the early guys didn't do so well. Zhang Quan gets into a fighting stance. The leader asks if that's all he's got to say, and that the yellow heads can't let things like this slide. We see several thugs lined up. Again, that's probably that Joe Kitchen comparison shot. I will throw this up. Um, I'll, I'll find a way to full screen it here, so, but I'll probably like a, a, a fade between the two in and out so you can see them together. But it is Joe Kitchen's mod put these up for me. Um, he was doing it during the stream, but it's one-to-one. Um, the characters are one-to-one to the anime and to the game. Really impressive piece of detail here. Yeah, man. So the leader says, get him. And the thugs start running towards Zong Quan, who parries and defends himself. The leader huffs and then runs to attack him. Rio yells stop, urging Zhong Quan not to fight back at them. The leader and Zhong Quan both stare at Rio. One of the thugs on the ground recognises Rio from earlier. The leader's attention is now on Rio, whilst Zhong Quan is still in his fighting stance. 
Ryu tells him that, he's kept his, that he has kept his true strength to himself, not making a spectacle of the martial arts, asking if it's because he still adheres to Master Xiaoshan's teachings. Zhang Quan lowers his fists, and Ryu tells him that he wants him to stay true to his virtues. A thug reveals a big knife, telling them to shut up, running towards Zhang Quan, who easily knocks him to the ground with a purple bag. It's full of mm. books in it, so... Yeah, it's quite hefty. Yeah. Ryu gasps. Zhang Quan states that they were just horsing around, not, not doing a show nor martial arts. The leader of the thugs laughs, saying the kid is a laugh. Other thugs are struggling on the floor when they all leave, helping one another. The leader says he's sure he'll meet Rio again before leaving, continuing laughing. Song Quan asks Rio how he had figured it out that he doesn't fight. Rio repeats that tough cats don't show their claws out in the open. That line that Joy just taught him a moment ago. Song Quan seems pleased and chuckles a bit, then hands Rio a letter for Master Zhao Shan, telling him not to peek, slightly blushing, and this is that kind of thing that we get from the actual the game aspect where he gives him a, let, a letter to return that we don't actually ever find out what it says in the letter, does it? But it's, it's all he does, he says, um, I failed G or whatever, right? I broke G, but have I never got rid of tune nor fist. Yes, bang on. That's what he says in the game. Yeah. And Rio smiles and agrees. Well, agrees to go take the letter to Master Xiaoshan. That leads us nicely back to Guang Martial Arts School, where inside the main building of the school, we see Zhao Shan holding the letter from Zong Quan, Rio explaining who it's from. So the master looks surprised. Rio explains that Zhang Quan had quit street performing while he opens the letter. It reads, My vow of G is broken, but like a tune that enchants the mouth, the martial arts yet enchant my hands. So yeah, a little bit different. And what you just said a moment ago that was from obviously actually from the game but yeah kind of still rings true rio asks what it means xiao shan explains that it's all about the wood g to keep your heart free of conceit never use force blindly or flaunt technique we see the sign for g in large bold red characters next to master xiao shan rio says it's another one of the wudu he further explains that it's just like those that love music constantly humming. So does the mind of a martial artist always thinking of their fists to never cease training. As he explains further, we see the inside of the golden shopping mall, the big sign, the staircase, and Zhang Quan laying on his mat reading. Although Zhang Quan has broken G and now lives a new life, he never put the path of martial arts behind him. And that zooms in on his face quite nicely. Nice sort of moment here. Yeah. And... The master looks up and out at the sky, which is now brighter than earlier, and speaks warmly of Zhang Quan, keeping his path. Excellent. So, to finish us off, we go back to Manmo Temple. Um, we see the spirals of the incense, and Zhuang is standing in front of the altar with her blue dress, and she's praying. She stands up as Rio's voice recites Ji as he enters the temple. And Zhuang stands with her back to him. Rio says that she knew he lacked the understanding of Ji, and inquires whether that was the reason she wouldn't help him. Closing her eyes, and I thought this was quite symbolic, because I think it's probably a little bit of a nod to her brother and yeah. Zeming and what yes, he goes and does. I agree, mate, yeah. She confirms that, indeed, he, he did not know the meaning of Ji, turning towards him, but she says it's not her only reason, and Rio asks why. Now, she doesn't give an explanation here, but we know from the little little cut scene of the little girl and the, the trouser legs of where she's going with this essentially but oh, i won't man. say anything I, I can't i can't wait to see them cover it's gonna this be good yeah. it's gonna be good 
but I'm not. I won't say too much more here because I don't want to spoil it for people who may haven't yeah, got to this point yeah, yet. For sure, man. So walking down the stairs, she sort of turns around and again is refusing to help. And Rio asks why. She says it matters not, and she won't change her decision. Clenching his fist, Rio says he feels the same. And Zhuing stops in front of him. Rio says that he refuses to give up, and Zhuing narrows her eyes. And he gives the flashback to the same thing we were just talking about here. Yeah. Um, a boy's voice echoing Rio, I won't give up, Zhuing, which Zhuing then opens her eyes and walks past Rio, asking her, him to follow her. So that link's being made. That that link, that, that similarity between her situation and Rio's is, is being put together nicely here. Go to the Dayuan apartments. We're in the hallway of the building, facing open door, and Rio asks where they are. Inside the room, Zhuing and Rio are standing, and Zhuing <coughs> says it's her room and that Rio will stay there. Um, and I have, as going to be a shot coming out of this, it's one-to-one with the games again. It's spot on. Oh, they've done a hell of a job on this. Again, the anime interiors are ridiculous how close they are to the games. Great work. Uh, Rio seems confused, and Zhuing says she has no intention of helping him. But then since Master Chen sent Rio to her in good faith, she can't ignore it. Rio says he appreciates it, Master Li Xiaotao. Zhuing actually introduced herself as her proper name, Zhuing Hong. Rio seems relieved and calls her Master Zhuing and thanking her again. It zooms out and we find Fang Mei and Han Hui standing in the door. Fang Mei exclaiming she was right to clean the room and Han Hui asking her not to get too excited and smirking. We see Zhuing's eyes and outside the window in the building, the camera moves up to the stars. They do this a lot in the anime, panning up to the stars. And you get a very short five-second shot of Bailu Village, the camera coming down from the starry sky, showing the village at night with the watchtower at the background, clearly visible. Shenhua standing with her back to us, and she's watching the stars in the sky, and we see her eyes all glistening. And that is the end of the episode, with the end credits as they were previous episodes, not episode six, where you had a, a scene going as the credits were rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is it. Cracking episode. Very much a Shenmue episode with lots of characterization, lots of detail, lots of little nods here and there. Loved it. Bye. It's been set incredibly high by this anime. And this is, yeah, reach that, reach those heights, I think. 100% man. It's amazing. I didn't even re- recognize until you just read that, that they kind of did the transition there, looking up to the stars and then Shenfua is looking at the same sort of stars over in Bali Village. I'm assuming that was the transition between Shuing and Shenfua there. And I did like that little scene with Fang Mei and Han Hui outside a room. I, I did. feel like Han Hui's got more of like a father presence because, as we know from the games, right, they're pretty much all orphans, aren't they? Fang Mei's an yeah. orphan. Shuing's an orphan, right? Yeah. Which obviously we won't spoil, but yeah, that there's there's a reason why we know that. And I just liked that they were they gave a bit more context to Hanhui, a bit more f- fleshed his character out there because mm-hmm. you never really see him outside of the temple. So for him to be there with Fang Mei, kind of like a friend, um, like I say, got that sort of a, a father vibe. Mm, but yeah, awesome episode again. Like you say, a much more slower paced, more Shemu esque kind of an episode. Which to be fair, like I say, we're, we're seven episodes in. I think would you a slow sort of um, relaxing episode. Mm, definitely. I, I, th- I think possibly if you were watching these in order and sequence one after the other without this week-long break that we've got, I think this would be like a nice relieving sort of episode mm. on the, the mayhem of the, the first yeah, six. definitely. <laughs> but rightio, so before we get into the next episode preview, let's have a little break, rest of voices for a moment. This is HK Dance 2 
from the Shimmy 1 and 2 Sound Collection is actually the music that you can play in the Pine Arcade, obviously in the Golden Quarter as well from the game. So yeah, enjoy. Welcome back, that was HK Dance 2. Quite sure why it's called that. Could have been called Pine Arcade, I'm sure, but nevertheless, it's an awesome piece of music. Takes you takes you to, to the arcade in the game actually, doesn't yeah, it? Just hearing it. Does. it. You hear that music, you think, right, where's Outrun? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, man. So next episode, it's called I don't even know what it's called. What's it called? It's called Aspiration. Aspiration, episode eight. <sighs> coming to the tail end already when you when you say eight i know we're, we're getting there aren't we <laughs> it's going there, quick yeah. it is going quick so what did we see in this episode preview so in this episode preview we got a very surprising character uh, in my opinion in eileen idlevice uh who many of you will know um you have a sort of sparring match where you have a proper fight with her in um in your quest for getting the medals to open the duck races um, however, in order to get there, you need to talk to her at Pigeon Park. And there's a scene here where she's at Pigeon Park training and practicing. She then challenges Rhea to a spa, which then happens. Rhea sort of dodges her attacks quite easily. And then there's a scene where Rhea's caught her leg. 
And then Wong turns around to Joy and says, oh, all the ladies love Rhea. You need to take him off the market quickly. And, and Joy grabs Wong by the cheek and like, tells him off, which is quite <laughs> Proper funny. cheek grab, actually. Yeah, yeah. proper cheek grab Rip on his it. face off. <laughs> and, um, and that's the end of the um, sequence. But it's a, to see Eileen's interesting because she's a sort of a secondary character that I don't think is necessarily instantly recognisable generally. There's probably a load of people that played the game who never even encountered yeah, her, right? absolutely. There's very specific to encounter in the game. It's very, very specific to encounter in the game. Um, and you have to do certain things to really sort of get to know her character. So the fact that they're sort of running with this with her is, is cool. It's a really nice touch to see this character being fleshed out who somebody like you say can easily be missed so yeah i wonder if they're fleshing her out to kind of like make a bit of a friendship with fang may because obviously they we know yeah they could be they could be and also they how she fits into the wood as well and how that comes together looking forward to it i mean every episode has been brilliant so i'm sure this one will be so just bring it on a week's a long wait though isn't it it is well not for us but yeah it is Mm. (laughs) a long wait of course, but yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to that one, seeing how they uh, introduce Eileen and what kind of route they're going to use her for would be uh, pretty interesting. The only things I can think of are like, I could say she's got a friendship with Fang Mei. They could potentially, if they really wanted to do like some crazy fan service, have Fang Mei's birthday as a thing. Which yeah, then, they you could know, do. Eileen's quite a, has a role in that. Or I'm thinking maybe the Chowan sign stuff that they might introduce next episode. We could be seeing something with Fang Mei and Eileen, mm-hmm. maybe in Mama Bistro or the Blue Sky Garden, where there's, there's a couple of scenes that where you encounter Eileen and Fang Mei anyway. But be interesting. What else do you think you could see in next episode? Obviously, we should be getting another, like the third wood, right? Which would yeah. be the, the barbershop. Yeah, I think we will. I think we're going to get this. Um, how they piece it together would be interesting, whether they change things up and use Eileen in that respect they could do but we're going to get I think we're getting a wooden an episode aren't we here at the moment with my view that we'll end up in Kowloon around episode nine or ten probably mm. at the end of nine because there's, 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 yeah. there's a lot that happens in Kowloon that I think you need to be getting into and sort of getting into it fairly quickly because the story really sort of kicks up a pace then so looking forward to it. Looks really good. Thoroughly impressed so far, and just long may it continue. Yeah, and like you say, with them staying at the Dai Yuan apartments, mm. we're probably going to see some boot carrying, perhaps. Oh yes, we are. And, I reckon we're um, going to get some boot carrying, and I reckon we'll see the Wu Lin Shu next episode. Mm, yes, which would lead nicely to the Chowan sign, and then um, resolving the land shark situation over at the Yantin apartments with a quick sang. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. But we'll move on, guys, into everyone's favourite aspect of the show, maybe at the moment. I don't know if I can carry the shit on. It's getting a bit... I feel like going back to poetry is a bit like a backward step these days. So <laughs> <laughs> I keep pushing the vote out. So I'm going to send you today's song, Matt. Ah, interesting. I'm very interested how you pull this one out. <laughs> I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. Um, no, I'm no, intrigued. No. So this song is called Killer. Mm. Let's give it a blast. So let's do it, man. Yeah, cool. Oh. It's close to midnight. 
running home from Sakura Oka Park. Under the moonlight, you see a side of a black car stopped as parked. You hear a scream, but notice that the entrance sign is broken. You start to freeze as Ine-san looks you right between the eyes. She's paralyzed, cause it's a killer here to fight. And no one's gonna save you from the dragon about to strike you out. On this night, he's fighting for his life against a killer, killer tonight, yeah. Ooh, ooh. The dojo doors slam, and Fuku-san gets thrown onto his bum. You feel his cold hand, and wonder if you shot a butter gun. You close your eyes and hope that this is just imagination. Father, but all the while, land is creeping up around inside. We're out of time, cause it's a killer here to fight. And there's no second chance against Landy with his evil eyes. Yeah, killer hope. Oh, about to strike He's fighting for his life Against a killer, killer Tonight The snow turns to rain As two palms are thrust into A wow stomach There's no escaping The force of the damage Inside And this is the end Of a wow's life Oh! They'll resurrect you as black suits closing in at either side. Mirrors will possess you, at least according to Fuku-san the wise. And now is the time, keep friends and those that you love close together. Yeah. It's my last night. And I'll save you from the terror that's Landy It's under that tree Cause he's a killer His car splashed mud It ran over a cat and left the kid by the wayside Yeah, killer About to strike So let me hold you tight and father Get up, get up, get up, get up This ain't right Landy's a killer of dad and cat Yamagishi got back down Driver's insane, he hurt his back Yeah, killer Out of sight So let me hold you tight And shout up, father, father No <laughs> I'm gonna cry tonight Darkness falls across the land the dragon mirror is close at hand. Iwao crawls all covered in blood. Landy's terrorizing the dojo up. And although the phoenix has not been found, Landy nukes Iwao up and down. He stands and faces with the chi old men before they return back to their den. He's gonna kill you tonight, killer. Killer, kill you tonight. 
Oh, daddy. Gonna kill you tonight. Kill you tonight. Oh, father. Killer. Oh, daddy. Oh! Thunder and lightning is in the air. The plot to take back both the mirrors. Punches and kicks from every turn are closing in to seal a wow's doom. And though he fights to stay alive, his body starts to weaken. For no mere Hazuki can resist the evil of Iwao's killer. <laughs> Bloody hell. I'm impressed you did that in one shot. <laughs> Let alone. Fucking hell. Fair play. Oh, man. The long one, that one. Bloody hell. Well played. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I was creasing. I had to turn my mic off. <laughs> I didn't want to put you off. I, d- I couldn't have heard you anyway, man, but I was just too in, uh, ingrained in that. <laughs> Bloody brilliant. Well played. Not a patch on Michael Jackson like, but. Yeah. Enjoyed that one. Good shit. That was a fun one to write, actually. Like changing the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, some of those were funny. Fukusan the Wise, get out. <laughs> true, true, true. Oh. So, guys, let's move on from that. Hopefully, you enjoyed that one. I don't know how much I can, I don't know if I can keep these things up anymore. <laughs> Bit of a bastard to write or come up with uh, some lyrics, but uh, I'll try my best anyway. So let's move into the new section map. Take it away. We've got a brand new piece of merchandise all the way from Sega Shop. We do. And uh, in fact, there's like it's available in quite a few different international websites and stuff. So what is this piece of merchandise we've had? Wow. Out of the blue, um, there was a tweet by Sega Shop the day before asking where sailors hang out, which you know from Sega Shop's past history is they're going to be releasing some sort of Shenmue item. Um, the next day at three o'clock, UK time, we got a brand new 10 inch, I think it's 10 inch, I'd have to check the advert, it might even be 12 inch um, No, I think it's 10 Yeah, We got 10. a brand new 10 inch statue of Ryo Hazuki dedicated to the heartbeat bar fight, so Ryo sort of stood over the broken bar, stool knocked over milk on the floor, there's a little box of matches from the games there as well as a nice touch from the games and it's available on Sega Shop, Zavi um all across Europe. Uh, you can get America on Just Geek, I think. Do do it over there. They do all the numbskull stuff. And I also believe you can get it in Japan. Cracking item. Uh, attention to detail looks really good. The jacket looks spot on. Looks really, really good. It's 90 quid in UK money. I think it's $109 US. I don't know euro exchange rate. It's probably around 115, 120 euros, something like that. And I don't know what it is in Japan, but it's a really awesome Shenmue piece and I would urge anybody who's debating getting one to get one because like me when I missed out on the first figure statues for example you're going to end up paying through the nose if you want one second hand um so make sure you get yourself one um because it's a cracking item 
get it now, pre-order it now. Yeah, we're not sure how many they're limited to. No, we didn't. Like Metsars, don't don't miss out if you can afford no, it. No, and I'll I'll, um, I'll be doing an unboxing of, of mine when it when it shows up, and it's due for release in August. So you do have a bit of time to get your pre-orders in, but I recommend it to any Shenry fan out there for sure, man. And the attention to detail on the actual base and great. stuff like that. You've got a Heartbeats Bar coaster and the little box of, box of matches. And there's also a bit of a joke there with the spilt milk, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go pick that up or go check it out. We'll throw the links in the show notes and the description, of course. So next up is just released, actually. I think we meant, might have mentioned it last week, the the themes that are uh, part of the anime, the opening theme and the ending theme, they're getting releases, obviously, in um, digital form. Yep, that's right. At the moment, hopefully we'll see a soundtrack at some point. But the one that you can buy and pick up right now, right this minute, in fact, you'll be able to get them both when you hear this. But at the moment, as of recording, only the Kashitoro Ito Undead Noid theme, which is the opening theme, um, is available that you can buy. Where can you go and pick this up from, Matt? So you can pick this up from Spotify. You can listen to it there on stream. Uh, Apple Music, you can buy it. Amazon Music, you can buy it. Um, I think Deezer are doing it as well. Basically, any sort of major music streaming platform will have this. It's a pound. It cost me a pound. Um, and I said this on stream. It's the best, one of the best pounds I've spent in weeks. That song is catchy as hell. And it's a really good song. The, the, the sort of three, three and a half minute version is is brilliant. Yeah, it's the full version as well. Go and, we didn't mention that. Go and, yeah. um, go and pick it up. It's only a quid. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll be humming it for weeks, believe me. And while you're there, while you're reading this one, go pick up another pound and <laughs> go get the, the Narrow Dora Sympathy, which is the ending theme to the anime yes. as well. And that is pretty much available. If you're listening to this on the Friday anyway, or any point after the release of the, this podcast, it's available, and you can go and support that as well. Um, would be nice if you go out and support both the songs from the artists. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to generate enough sales to get it in the UK charts, but... <laughs> well, every sale counts, every stream counts, so, yeah. you know, it's a quid, go on. Put it on repeat, man. Yeah. And that leads nicely, actually, because of the ongoing success of the anime, or, you know, that we, we, we think the anime's been quite successful at the moment, on that my anime list that you seem to mention every week... We've just surpassed 10k reviews, is it? Or what was it? So it's 10,000 people have Shenmue the anime on their watch list. Yeah. So yeah. 10,000 people are intending to watch it on my from my my anime list, which is quite a big milestone for a new IP anime. Um, so it's like a niche anime series yeah. on like a niche anime website. Yeah, I mean, my my anime list is well known to to anime people. Um, that's just that's just a fact. But I mean, it's ranked fairly well. It's got ten thousand members. It's, it's ten thousand one hundred members now. I'm looking at this, and, mm, and it's nice. very it's, and it's popular. And it's also pop, you know, popping up on IMDb. It's being popular. Um, Crunchyroll. It's got five star ratings. It's trending on Twitter every week as well. This anime is doing well, um, and it's impressing people and. I just want to get the word out there that if you are impressed by it, get out there and let people know. Rate it. Talk about it. Get involved in the communities. Get involved in the forums. Get involved in all the chat around it because it will create a buzz and it will help us get a season two. And what we really want is a Shenmue 4. So 
get involved, guys. If you if you you're unsure about rating it or whatever, just go out and do it. Just get out there and rate it. Whatever you know, whatever you like. But we want to get that conversation going so that that helps make a season two and a Shenmue four at the end of the day. Yeah, and there's other outlets as well, like YouTube. Go give mm. your p- opinions out on YouTube, and we'll share that. I mean, just recently we've seen the the Huber syndrome with yes. Michael Huber and Brad Alice, who are obviously both enjoying the anime as well. Obviously, we we'd assume Huber would be, but it's nice to see um, see a video dedicated to the anime as well. Hopefully, that interests a few more people as well. Yeah, and they're going to pick it up again at the end of the anime as well. And it's, it's seeing like Michael Hoover pick that up through Easy Allies, which is obviously quite a big outlet in terms of gaming. Yeah, it's great. I know they're they're big Shenmue fans anyway, so they're slightly biased. But they're loving this. They're loving this anime. The only thing he was annoyed about was um they didn't do the four yeah no four cliff race. He was upset about that. Um, yeah. I, I'm hoping to get him back on actually, um for an interview post anime and talk to him about the anime as a whole. That would be good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he's listening to this. Uh, uh, drop us a line. We'll get we'll get you back on. <laughs> and they did say they they do another video. I think at the end yeah, of the anime run as well, which I'm looking forward to. And that leads us nicely, actually, mentioning the interview series there, Matt. You've just dropped the Adam Scipione interview. I have yes. last week, but can we expect anything else from you in the coming weeks? We can. Um, I am in the middle of recording the um, interview from Guizang's voice actor Jeremy G. I'm putting that together probably over the next couple of weeks. Um, Jeremy was great guest, really patient, actually. I had some real issues with um, with Zencaster actually, on it. So I think I ended up having to do about four recordings, and I'm having to chop pieces and pieces together to get it all to sound coherent. But he was really patient, really good. Gave some great insights into into Guizang, how he got the part, et cetera, and, and working on, on the anime. It'll be out hopefully in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it, man. And like I say, the Adam Scipione interview was cracking as well. If you've um, been, well, maybe if you back the, the documentary and you've been wondering the status of that, very close actually, aren't we? Yeah, we're very, very close. And as I said last week, I think um, for the backers, um, they're going to do a link for a digital version. So while you're waiting for your Blu-ray disc to turn up, you can already watch it and, and do your stuff and all the rest of it. So it's imminent. It's it's happening in weeks that we'll get this, and I can't wait to watch the thing. No, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I mean, it's been four or five years. I know it's, it's taken a long time to make it. There's been lots of things going on around the project, but to see this being finished and the excitement around what this finished product is going to be, I, I can't wait. No, and I really hope it comes to like Netflix as well or something like that. I think yeah, that would be amazing, really if, especially with the anime going on and a bit more interest in Shemu at the moment. It probably would get some more eyes on it, which would be great. And the final piece of news, guys, just a quick update regarding the anime release in Japan. In case you were wondering, we've now got an actual release date. Uh, Matt, if you want to tell us. So the release date in Japan is the 7th of April, so we're only a few weeks away. It releases at midday Japan time on that day. Um, it will be across uh, a load of streaming platforms over there. I think I believe it's on Amazon, Hulu and some other streaming platforms in in japan so that is going to happen it's going to be weekly so they're going to get episode one and week next week episode two etc so we're going to be finishing this ahead of them which if any there's any japanese fans who listen to this and are following our like twitter and everything and haven't seen it yet you might want to mute us 
for a few weeks yeah because we're going to spoil everything because obviously well, we're, we have we're, been spoiling it so well yeah we're going to be 10 weeks ahead by that point you know nine ten weeks is quite a significant way ahead i'm interested to see how it's going to be received in japan but if it's received well in japan as well i'm i'm becoming more confident that we'll get a season two obviously nothing's guaranteed but i'm i'm hopeful we'll get a season two of this yeah i'm sure we will the way it's going fingers crossed anyway um, but yeah, so watch out for that, guys. I assume it's all going to be in Japanese, Japanese, maybe mm. even Japanese subtitles as well. Maybe. I suspect so. That could they'll, be the version. They'll have, they'll have the, op- the option of it on, on whatever streaming platform it will be on. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Yeah, and you, you don't think they'll have the English dub as an option? I don't know because of licensing. I mean, we can't get the English dub here. Can we? That's true, yeah. So... I, d- I don't know whether you, whether I'll do the English dub. I hope, assuming we get a home release of this thing, that they put both dubs on the on the Blu-ray. That would be fine. I think I'd they will take that. I, th- I think that's pretty much standard, right? Hopefully, I I assume so. But I, I I'm not an anime expert, so anybody who watches anime who knows more about this stuff than I do, just drop us a comment. Is this common practice? They put both dubs on Blu-rays. Yep, yep, yep. Right then, guys, so let's move on into the final aspect of the show. We're going into reading a few of the forum posts regarding last week's episode, episode six, um, Dignified. And we're going to start with Aravale, who, believe it or not, is actually Hannah. And I completely forgot to mention today's show notes, like pretty much the breakdown of the whole of episode seven, Future. Um, was Hannah's notes there. So we want to f- take this moment to thank Hannah for mm. picking up where Titch left off and uh, doing some great notes. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I believe Hannah's happy to continue doing that. So we're going to be reading her notes out for <laughs> the foreseeable future anyway, which yeah. is uh, great that we can have that. So it just means that we can keep going in blind into the, the live streams on the Sunday evening there. We can watch the latest episode without having to panic and put together some sort of notes to then take into the podcast portion that we do on the same night, like minutes minutes after the stream, pretty much. Yeah. So it just, just helps us out a little bit there. So thank you, Hannah. And of course, obviously, thank you, Titch, for the first seven. Or the first six, right? The first six, for yeah. The first, first six, six, yeah. And But anyway, Hannah says, and this is regarding episode six, like I just said, that was perfection. Loved every minute. More invested in two, because it's a favourite game, and now there's no worries on my part. Convinced they'll keep introducing the other voodoo as Ryo keeps learning. Makes sense, and really in line with learning new moves, etc. It's classic storytelling. It's very smart to let the Iron Palm learning breathe like that over time, and allowed for some very heartwarming reflections back on Iwao. Seems farther as a theme throughout, with Wong's story too. That was true, actually. I remembered that bit where he was sitting in Pigeon Park looking at a father and a little mm. boy. It's kind of the same thing that happened to Rio, isn't it, when he was sitting in Sakura Park? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly the same which thing. Which was cool. Uh, found it very touching. Clever having Joy as some kind of city narrator. Gives credibility to her character as someone who knows everybody's business and is actually caring. Hope we get to see her fleshed out even more and seems like it, judging by that short scene. Wish the final scene didn't have the ending on top of it, but I get the time constraints. Shuing herself is great. She loves the animation and voice acting. Han Hui is also very well done. Seems Shuing is poking at Rio already, making it clear to the audience that, yeah, Rio wants the truth, but he's also keen on revenge. With this pacing, we might get a lot more on Zimming from Shuing as well, fingers crossed. 
Thrilled to have a peek at Ren so early, newcomers will think it's another Terry type as the Shadow setup is the same. But much like it felt when playing for the first time, oh, here's a new Street Gang boss. Yeah, I, I see a comparison there. Mm, yeah, at I the see time the it felt there. like a, another thug mm. sorts. Uh, very happy with this lot. Feels fresh, different pace from Yukosuka. Just like in the games, they showcased Hong Kong as a large, somewhat impersonal city. Excellent. Was hoping they would adjust the opening animation, but maybe that'll be next week or not at all. Keep people remembering Nozomi. Bet they'll change the ending animation in any case, but hope they don't continue to have the story beneath, although it got as an extra two minutes. Yeah. Um, didn't change the ending animation, but at least they didn't do it over the um, the final scene, I suppose. Although I, I, I was fine with yeah. that actually last week because it did get us an extra two minutes more story of the episode. Mm, yeah. I think if it works and they can do it well, then it's no problem. But I think overall, I think most people are leaning against it happening too regularly. But if you need to do it to to get something in, I see. Yeah, I see the point. Last week was a point. Yeah, case in point yeah. of that. Really, they probably were already sense. squeezing enough out of the episode anyway, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't they? Just so we then move on to Spags, uh, who says easily knocked episode four off the top spot as my favourite episode. Wow, plenty of meaty story stuff laid down that will pay off in the rest of the season's run. I expect. I'm presuming the forward will be something Rio learns progressively over the next few episodes rather than all in one go. Again, this yeah, is pretty much where we're going with this, which all makes sense for his arc and the wider context of an anime adaptation via a video game quest. Uh, hopefully general audiences found it as satisfying as I did. And I think they are. I think they are. I mean, I've just seen like reaction videos of people who don't know anything about Shenmue really enjoying this anime, so... I think we're in, we're in the right ballpark here. Yeah, I'd like to see it more for like like he says, episode six. See how they react to mm. him being in a, a brand new country as such. It's uh, yeah, exciting times anyway. Down by Lawn X says, "Terrific episode." Guess I'm in the minority that I like the use of the ending credits to tell more story. Yeah, he is by the sounds of it. That's going to add up to around 20 minutes of extra plot over the next eight episodes rather than just me turning off as the credits roll. It's true, he's got a point there. Like, if they needed to, mm. they could. Obviously, they didn't do in today's episode, but um, I'm not against them doing it again, like you just said. I'm not, no. No, he really liked how they created the panel from shoe shot of Rio getting off the boat. Love how they handled Joy, Jamin, and even the old lady from the apartments was spot on. Rio shouting his name to Joy out the window was such a nice character touch, as was him proving Jamin wrong by being back at the tree the next day. The big emphasis on the voodoo filling the screen tells me that Rio will learn all four during his time in Hong Kong. He'll probably pick up another during the spa with Shuing. He'd like the shot of the plane too. The opening credits showing the overhead shot will probably appear next week too, and he's excited for the next episode. Yeah, sounds sounds good. And the next episode was excellent, so we're all good. And finally, we go on to Jibby. Uh, wow, this is everything I wanted from Star Wars 2's arc and more. Really love the rendition of Hong Kong they've gone with. It has a different vibe from the games, but I don't mind that one bit. I also like that they're wasting no time introducing the strong supporting cast, especially Ren. The fact they've made Rio a target for Ren this time instead of the other way around is a twist, but it definitely makes sense in this context. I'm curious to see how it all plays out. The way they're handling the wood is also interesting. Drip feeding them to us throughout the journey is something I never considered. But I can see how it would make a good plot device for when Rio runs into a blocker that can only be resolved by learning a wood. Overall, this is my favourite episode by far, 
Uh, and next week can't come soon enough. And I will echo that again. Next week could not come soon enough. Totally, man. Especially with that little Eileen tease. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in business. Really, really cool stuff. And that's it, guys. That is episode seven done and dusted. So hopefully you can join us again on the Sunday to watch the next episode live with us, going in blind, of course, and then join us again the following Friday as we break it down just like we have done today. So, Matt, we're going to wrap the show up with some more fitting music. Hopefully Rio will end up meeting this person uh, in person, uh, possibly next episode in a bit more uh, than just that passing on the street that they did in uh, Mm. episode 7. So, yeah, you might know what music I'm about to play here. It's called A Man Named Ren. But, yeah, thanks very much again for listening to the show, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Look at the time.